You're listening to another hope-filled podcast from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifenz.org. You know, tonight, and I love what's happening Sunday nights, we're just changing it up. If you were here in Central this morning, I was sharing around this thought of seeding the supernatural. And I want to encourage you, if you didn't hear the message, go online this week and... uh, And just listen to what I believe God is saying. We're in very interesting times. And Melbourne just, uh, they were going to, I think, allow 50 in the services now. They've just cut that back to five, I believe, because there's an increase of COVID. And uh, there is so much that's going on in the world. You only need to know a little bit about social media to know that we're in a world that is literally falling apart. And yet in the middle of it all, Jesus came 2,000 years ago and He began to teach things that were completely different to what the religious voice of the day was. Jesus came in the middle of this whole era of Old Testament law where every human being felt like they couldn't measure up to do what was right. And He said, you know what? That was just there to set an echo because I'm gonna come as God here on earth and I'm gonna fulfill the law. And when you discover that I'm for you and I can lift you to points of living a life that can shift everything around you, you are gonna begin to realize that the gospel is a gospel of good news. And this whole thought of seeding the supernatural, I I don't know about you guys, but you know, we are in a time, maybe let's go to Craig and Nadia, where again, there is not a lot of good that's being echoed around the world. And there is a sense of fear that is on many hearts. And this whole thought of let's seed the supernatural. What, what does that mean to you? What do you as leaders of Life Melbourne really do to be able to seed a response that's different to fear? Yeah, I think for me, Pastor Paul, something God showed uh, a number of weeks ago. He just said, where are you parked? And he showed me this picture of like a parking building with four levels. And the top level was called promise. And the next level was possibility. The next one was problem. And the lower level was pain. And I think for all of us in different areas of our lives, we can be parked in different places. And I felt like God just put the challenge out for us, which would be encouraging Life Melbourne. And we've got to park ourselves in this season in His promise. There's a lot of possibility And we could waver on what we can hear the world saying and we also know what the God says, but what we need to park ourselves is in His promise. Even in areas that we've got problems currently, maybe it is in the area of employment, maybe it's the area of our business, we've still got to park ourselves on the top level in His promise. And areas where there's been hurt maybe for a long time, we've got to journey ourselves from getting out of that place of pain and realising He has a promise to be able to lift us up And that that seed of His Word, that seed of His promise is where we need to position ourselves. Don't rely on the possibility. Don't look at the problem, but actually position. Park ourselves in His promise and let that Word really grab hold of where we're thinking and what we can see. So cool. So encouraging because, you know, I was talking to somebody this morning and they said, sometimes you feel like you shouldn't feel fear. You shouldn't have fear. You shouldn't know what it is to come to the end of yourself. And I go, no, we should, we're human. But when we feel fear, we don't allow fear to captain who we are. We begin to say, we can seed our way out of this. We can literally discover God's way to break 
free of every challenge. And faith and the supernatural, by the way, right throughout Scripture requires a catalyst. It needs to be mixed. Faith comes by hearing, I mentioned this morning. It's not a matter of, oh, yeah, that great message. No, I heard something from God. And because I heard something from God, then I'm activating what I know God has given me. And then I'm going to begin to move on. Chelsea tonight here was saying to a number of us, you're right at the end of your rope. You're right at the end of yourself. But that's the point where you can discover that there are seeds you didn't know you had. And that you can activate those seeds and those seeds can germinate and create something far greater than you could ever realize. And you know what God's looking for? He's not looking for perfection. He's not looking for righteousness because He knows we don't have it. What, is, what He's looking for is the authority of my unconditional yes. Okay, God, I tried to do it on myself. I felt like my job would be my security. I, I, I thought that my gifting would be enough. I thought that my friends, until all of those things begin to drop off and then you realize you can end up with nothing pretty quickly. But when you've said yes to God, you've unlocked a supernatural breakthrough that you can never achieve yourself. And so this is the kind of stuff that Jesus taught. He would come to Sunday Night Live and he'd say, man, great worship here, guys. Not quite like the sound of heaven, but pretty close. And he says, I want to give you an understanding. The kingdom of heaven, Matthew 13, 31, is like a mustard seed. You've already got the answer, but it seems small and it seems so small compared to the level of the challenge. But you see a man, a smart man, smart woman took that little mustard seed and they began to sow it in their field. In other words, Christianity is not about sort of a religion that's out there. It's about a you and God relationship. And God's going to give you understandings that you take and you begin to sow in your field. And the mustard seed is the least of all seeds. And God has always done it the opposite way to the way that we think. We think we need the big break. God says, no, you don't. You just need the little one. You think when you get all of this sorted out, then you are really going to be able to serve God. And God says, no, you can serve me now. It's the least of all the seeds. But when it's growing, it becomes a great tree. It's bigger than any herb. And the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. In other words, you have got a breakthrough in front of you. That is not just for your breakthrough, but to create a breakthrough for someone that doesn't understand the value of the seed that you've got. And all of us are in the same boat because we kind of look at people, you know, I walk through the foyer some mornings and people don't understand what they're asking. They say, oh, can we have a, come on, a selfie with you, Pastor? And I go, yeah, I might crack the screen. <laughs> they, they don't realize that I'm not some sort of person that has a whole lot of extra. All I've learned to do is value the seed. And some of us tonight need to hear this from God that maybe we've lost our job. Maybe our business has finished, but God says, yeah, there are seeds that you have you haven't even seen yet. And if you activate those seeds and take hold of those seeds, if you accept that seeds create a harvest, you're going to grow by valuing the seed that seems so small. And again, for you guys, let, let me go to Nadia. Nadia has, there have been times, because you guys are the life Melbourne campus pastors. You've, you were the youth pastors here, I think, for about 100 years. They'll get it, watch them, see. 
And uh, do you find yourself right now still at times devaluing what seems small? Does that still happen? Australians take a while to think. Yeah, 100%. I think it's our natural tendency as people to always be looking for the next thing rather than making the most of the moment. And when I look back at our journey at life as a Christian following Jesus, breakthrough moments came just through valuing the small. And I think we started as kids' church leaders, loving a group of kids, and then it started as youth leaders and and then became youth pastors and West uh, Extension Service, just little bit by little bit, just valuing what God gave into your hand. It's amazing what God is able to release when you are faithful with the small. And I think a big learning curve for us was getting to the point where actually we're just 100% in. Like God's plan is plan A. It's not my B plan. I'm just not waiting for it to fall into my lap in some magical moment, but I'm going for His plan 100% with everything that I've got. Because at the end of my days, I want to live my life knowing that I lived in His will, not my will. So yeah, I think that's what it all comes back to. So cool. Come on, let's thank God for that encouragement. You can be in a church like, by God's grace, we have where there's incredible surrounding words from God, but you're never activated. And I've learned that you can have seeds everywhere, but if you don't activate the seeds that you have, you never unlock the potential of the seed. So that's why Jesus said, you've got to take the seed now and make sure you activate it in your world, in your heart. And tonight we're going to have... In a few moments, an opportunity for us to come back to God. Because I was talking again this morning about how seeds, or what is it that seeds the supernatural? And one of the things that came to mind as I look back, which has been a great encouragement for me, is over the course of my Christian walk, is sort of digging deeper into the story of how David, as a teenager, was able to take down a Goliath that stood in the way. You've got to get the picture. I don't know how tall David was. The Bible says he was good looking, so he must have been short according to Pastor Luke tonight. (laughs) But Goliath, believe it or not, was almost 10 feet tall as a human. And everything about Goliath and his life meant he had the authority. The Philistine army chose him as their champion because of his size. But God used David And again, it's the picture of what you wouldn't expect, the smallest of seeds. And David came to check on his brothers who were in the Israelite army because his dad wanted to know how they were going. There were no letters, there were no emails, there were nothing in those days. So go and give me a report. When he arrives at the camp where Israel were fighting the Philistines, Goliath was standing and saying, you could never take us down. You might say that you're the church and you might have the promises of God, but look at where you are now. Look, you're at the end of yourself. Your males will give up. And the whole Israelite army, listen to this. They were in church all the time, but not one of them was able to stand up and say, no, 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 you've got this wrong. The moment I was born again, I have the seed of eternity within me. And so David begins to say, What's wrong with you guys? When his older brother says, or hears that he says, I'll take him on. It's like, you shut up. You've got nothing. 
You're a shepherd boy. You just deserve to be unknown out in the wilderness. You don't even get to the family meals. You're the number eight in the line of eight of boys. But you see, David had something that the others didn't have when he was out in the wilderness and out in the country. He was looking at the stars and talking to the God that made them. He would take his harp and he would pray his play and he would sing and he'd worship God. And there was this relationship with the Creator God that caused him to realize he wasn't alone. That God had his future in his hands only to discover later on that even when Samuel came to anoint the next king after Saul, God said, go to the house of Jesse. That was his dad's house. And so therefore, his dad brought seven sons before the prophet. God said to each one of them, it's not him, it's not him, it's not him. And even the prophet goes, there's something crazy going on here. You've shown me all your sons. Is there not another son? Oh, there's David. Come on tonight. Some of us have had, oh, there's Paul. Oh, there's Ollie. Oh, there's Nadia from Thames. <laughs> She'll get it. Watch. And you know what dad says? Oh, I've got one more boy. He's looking after the sheep. And all the guys go, oh, David, bring him here. And he comes and he stands and God says, that's him. This is what God says. God doesn't look on the outward appearance. Everything in this world is external. God looks at the heart. Tonight there's gonna be, come on, some heart surgery done where God is gonna take some of us. And so here is David, he arrives at the battle and he says, I'll go and fight. The king hears there's somebody who's willing. Call him in, calls him in. That's, you're a boy. No, my father's Jesse. And my father in heaven is God. I was out in the countryside, a lion and a bear came. But God taught me all I needed was a few stones. See, what's going to seed the supernatural is a, a few small or smooth stones. And he knew that God could take the smallest and do the greatest. And the king said, well, you've got to put on the army. No, that won't work for me. I, I, I just need stones in God. And so you hear the story he. He's the only one for 40 days. The nation of Israel were taunted by Goliath. And David says, I'll go down. He goes down and there's a brook just before the meeting place of Goliath and he picks up five smooth stones. He's got a sling. That's all he knows what to use. But what he's discovered is this thought that these smooth stones speak of a secret place authority. The power's not in your stones. The power's not in your circumstance. The power's not in your employment or lack of it. The power is not whether you're well or sick. The power is secret place anointing. And there is this challenge when we come to that about knowing that God is with us. Ollie, let's go to you. You know, you and Nikki are going to be our new West Campus pastors. And we're looking forward to that eventuating. And a lot of people would look at you, but you've been in some pretty dark places where 
the only place you could go to was God and find something deeper. Talk to us about that. Yeah, well, for me, Pastor Paul, to be honest, um, from the age of, you know, zero to probably 25, um, I would have what I think is kind of the picture-perfect upbringing. My parents are amazing. They, they did an outstanding job. My brothers are great, um, laid an amazing foundation. But at 25, uh, in the space of really uh, one chance moment in Hamilton when I was with them, uh, I realized everything was wrong. And we went from really the picture-perfect family, which I would have hung probably a lot of um, my ideals on and would have really been a compass for me to realizing that that was now going to disappear because of some things that had happened and some things that had been in hiding for a long time. Uh, and so for me, it wasn't even something I could look at back and go, over time, I can see this progressing to a point of implosion. It just happened. Uh, and because of the fact that I had had such a great upbringing, um, that eroded for me all my foundation straight away. Uh, my biggest questions became around authenticity. Is the Bible authentic? Can I trust my leaders? Can I trust my friends? Do I trust who I am? And so it really, in the middle of being on staff, leading, trying to love people, realizing that everything was gone. And, you know, all of us, when we go through loss, whether it's the loss of a loved one or a loss of a family unit or a loss of a business, we face this Goliath moment. And like most of the Israelites, uh, I was in the same boat going, okay, God, I want to know how it happened. What could I have done? What can I do now? How do I fix this? What part did I have to play? Uh, and we spend so much time looking back or trying to prepare for a plan that is to come. But when it comes to the God clarity for me, uh, what it really got to is, come to a place where my clarity wasn't in the God, what's next or how am I going to do this, but who are you? Can I trust you? Uh, and that allowed me not to deal with everything then and there. I still often find myself in Pastor Scott's office going, uh, I'm struggling with trust or I'm struggling with not knowing what next year holds and I need to have it all worked out. Uh, but what it now comes back to, the God clarity is going, amongst it all, I can trust in his sovereignty. And I, I love that. David didn't get from heaven, go get five stones. He got from heaven, you can trust me. I am sovereign God. I am with you. And then David decided, well, I'll go get five stones and I'll throw them and we'll see what happens because I trust not in what I can do, not in what others can do for me, not in the situation, but purely in the fact that God in the pain, because it still hurts, in the confusion, because it still doesn't make sense, you're still good. You're still God. And that has been and still is to this day the journey. What about for you guys, Craig and Nadia? Same challenge of finding yourself at times where there is nowhere to go but God. I was speaking this morning about the fact that David had a well that his brothers or, sister, his brothers or those around him didn't have. And he learned that when you find the well, when you find the relationship with God that's deeper than circumstance, it's amazing how you unlock an authority on who you are. Talk to us about that, Nadia. Yeah, I think this has been a major journey for me, just learning to go to the deep place in God in a new way and not trust my feelings, but actually trust the Word of God 
and trust that he is good, that even though I don't understand what's going on, I don't see the big picture, he does, and I can trust him in that. I can lean into him in the middle of it, and I can find his goodness. And it's amazing when you go to that place of complete trust in God, because it does give you a new authority in him. You know, I've discovered that there is nothing that compares to living in obedience to him. There's an incredible freedom that comes. There's an incredible uh, trust that comes. There's an incredible ability to go, it's not my will, it's your will. And because of that, you just know that his hand is on you in a new way. And when you know that his hand is on you, you can just uh, go into unprecedented places in him because it's him leading you. It's not your stuff getting in the way anymore. And you can just go to this place where, okay, God, I've got to step out. I'm stepping out into deep waters and I can't see what's in front of me right now, but you're I've got my hand and I can trust that even though I can't see, it's darkness all around me, I can trust that you are known. In the middle of the unknown, that you are known and that you are good and that you are leading me and because you are a good God, you know me even better than I know myself. So I can trust you because of that because uh, at the end of the day, I wanna know that you've led me, that it hasn't been my will that's taken place, but it's been your will. So there's an incredible freedom that comes when you go to the, that secret place. There's an, an authority that wakens up on on the inside of you that you never knew you could step into because it's his strength moving through you rather than your own strength. So amazing. I, I think we should thank Craig and Nadia and Ollie. Shall we come on tonight for joining me? Thanks, team. You know, the secret place authority is something that I would have to say I've lost sight of along my journey at times. It's so easy to get caught up in everything that's working for you when life is kind of maxing out and dreams are coming to pass. It's amazing how desperate you get when you're faced with nothing and there's no way forward. And God is bringing us to a place to realise that, you know, this world will not have the solutions. We are yet to feel the effects of COVID. And yet, I want to encourage you that the Bible also says, do not fear. Don't listen to what the enemy would sow in your life because fear will stop you from drinking from a well. And there were 300 men called the Gideon's army that they were able to lap the water and be chosen to take on another opposition to the purposes of God. And we are in a day where God's saying, there is the secret place. And in that secret place is a place of an complete yes, of a full dependence, of a laying down all of the pretense and all of the stuff that's going on and where God steps in. You see, David learned that alone in the country where he worshiped the God of creation. When the lion and the bear came, he took him out. And so now he was faced with Goliath. Well, the same God that helped me with the lion and the bear will help me with the giant that's in front of me right now. And I love what he says in verse 45. He said to the Philistine, you realise you call me a runt. You call me a little boy. You're disgusted that Israel would send a little boy. But you haven't read Matthew 13, that God works with seeds. See, you come to me with a sword and a spear and you come to me with a javelin, but I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. 
whose armies you have defied. And I believe there's going to be a sound in Aotearoa. I believe there's going to be a sound globally where the church is not going to buy into reaction. But we're going to stand in authority and begin to say, you know what, there is a way that seems right to a man. The end thereof is death. But there is a God that once we drink from that well, miracles are released. And I love it. This day the Lord will deliver you, Goliath, 10 feet tall, Goliath. And I'm going to strike you and take your head from you. And then all the assembly, all the world will know that the Lord does not save with human things. For the battle is the Lord's. Your battle tonight is the Lord's. And He will give you into our hands. You know, over... The lockdown, Marie and I were doing daily devotions and we shared out of the Passion Translation, Psalm 108, verse 1, which says this, My heart, O God, is quiet. And yet it's confident. And it's all because of you. Tonight, some of us, we haven't got a still heart. And in a few moments, I'm going to invite many people. You're facing a bad prognosis. You, maybe a physical thing, maybe an economic thing. Maybe there's an echo of the past that's been generational in your family that's taken a hold of you. Listen to this. My heart, oh God, has found a place called quiet. And so I can lift my hand with confidence, all because of you. So now I'm going to sing my song with passionate praises. I'm going to arise, I'm going to awaken, I'm going to innovate, I'm going to declare. Verse 2, awake, O my soul, with the music of God's splendor. Arise, O my soul, and sing His praises. For I will awaken the dawn with my worship. And I'll greet tomorrow's daybreak with my songs of light. Tonight, there are many of us that God's got us here. You don't even know some of you how you got here, but my question is, what did you awaken today's dawn with? Was it, oh my gosh, what's the future gonna be? Or it's like God's got this. And God is the God that I'm gonna draw from. And I'm gonna activate a shout. I'm gonna activate a song. I'm gonna realize that all it took were the, a few small stones that represent a secret place authority. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifenz.org.